When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brian Hines from Pat's Pulpit, joined as always by Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub. And it's Jets week, as Bill Belichick uh, proclaimed the other day. But uh, before we get into that that game preview, the Patriots must be off their game a little here, bit, Alex, because they usually drop all the news right when we end the show, so we don't get to talk about it. But they dropped all the news right before we went live here a second ago. And that news is signing another quarterback to the active roster and will Greer. So they continue to kind of cycle through these third quarterback options. And then, cause he came on the active roster, they had to make a corresponding move. And that was Marcus Jones uh, reportedly tore his labrum and is now on the IR. And that seems longer than that four four-week IR stint, just, you know, doing some quick Google searches. It looks like maybe an eight to 10-week injury. So you have him down. You have Jack Jones, who's already on IR with what seems like a pretty significant hamstring injury that might keep him out a few months. Jonathan Jones banged up. Like this this cornerback room is starting to get thinned out. Uh, So so no Marcus Jones, and then Will Greer into the mix here with another quarterback. Yeah, uh, fourth, third quarterback of the year for the Patriots. We'll start with DeMarcus Jones. He's probably going to miss some time, and and they're really struggling in the secondary right now. Jonathan Jones is limited, so maybe he comes back this week. Uh, I, I guess he can't rule that one out as I'm like still like, literally ran up <laughs> from my car driving home from Gillette and, and sat down here and everything. Um, yeah, so Marcus Jones is probably going to miss some time. We'll see where Jonathan Jones is at, but, but Jack Jones is still on IR as well. And I think it was reported that he was going to miss more than just the four weeks. So it's not like there's just a couple weeks here. Uh, there's a lot on Christian Gonzalez's plate. It's going to be up to Christian Gonzalez three weeks here into his NFL career to kind of really carry this defense. And we'll see if he's up to it. He's, they've got tough wide receivers on the schedule the next few weeks. But that's my biggest takeaway from Marcus Jones going on our Also, now the, you know, the punt returner. I wonder if that's Demario Douglas. If maybe you see Jalen Rager get another elevation from the practice squad, at least to, to fill in short term, especially if they're, you know, we'll see where they're at with Douglas. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, as for Will Greer, I actually liked Will Greer coming out of West Virginia. I was a fan of his. I, I like his mental makeup. He's got a big arm. Uh, hasn't materialized in the NFL. He was a third round pick, but never really got a shot with the Panthers. He kind of got buried by Teddy Bridgewater, PJ Walker, um, different you know, after his first year, they made a coaching change. They hired Matt Rule, not really a fit there. Goes to Dallas, backs up Dak Prescott. Of course, they bring in Trey Lance this offseason. That made him expendable. He's had accuracy issues so far, uh, his time in the league, things like that. So I don't think he's – I know everybody wants to get all excited that this is the guy that's going to come in and suddenly be the answer. He's not. He's the third quarterback. They are playing the Cowboys in a couple of weeks where he just was. So that's an interesting element to it. I wonder if at a certain point he would maybe end up getting waived and trying to go back to the Patriots practice squad or whatever. 
Uh, but they do have their third quarterback again since Matt Corral didn't work out. Yep. And back to the corners quick. They also, because they are very thin there, they signed Breon Borders and is it Azizi Hearn to the practice squad today? Yeah. So still adding adding some depth there with with all these injuries. And uh, uh, someone, Alex, pointed out in the comments here, maybe we start seeing a little more of Jalen Mills coming back to this this cornerback room with all these injuries. Sean Wade, definitely a candidate in the slot. He was kind of their nickel uh, against Miami when you lost Marcus Jones and Jonathan Jones was out. Uh, but, you, but you still have Miles Bryant would probably be the leading candidate in the in the slot there. But you hope John Jones is, is healthy enough, obviously, and you probably roll with him and Christian Gonzalez. And then you can work in Miles Bryant and Sean Wade in the slot with Jalen Mills also being a, a factor from time to time. Yeah, I just they, they've generally been hesitant to do things like that. They move Jalen Mills to safety. Their plan is to play him at safety. They They generally don't come off of that. I wonder if you see guys elevated from the practice squad, things like that. But they're going to have to do something here because they're they're really thin a corner now, especially if John Jones can't play this week. Yep. But he has been practicing. He's, he's been at practice. He's He was listed limited, right? Yeah. Yep, so he, he's still limited. Uh, but, but he's been out there, so that's a positive sign. It sounded like he almost – like it was precautionary last week, so you, you hope that they held him out, so you hope that he's back uh, uh, this week because – I know it's Zach Wilson. I know it's the Jets, but they still have some good, some good skill position players there. Obviously, Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, some good receivers there. So you want that secondary uh, at, at full force. But yeah, it's getting it's getting thin there. It's not a not a great spot to be in three games into the season. So just to clarify something I said before, uh, the Patriots have to carry Will Greer on their roster for at least three weeks. So yeah. that's after that, I wouldn't be surprised if if maybe they go somewhere else, but he, he will be on the roster and they do now have the, um, emergency quarterback. Yeah, they can, they can do the emergency quarterback so they can, and I don't see why they wouldn't, they can yeah. dress will Greer on Sunday. If in any time going forward without him being technically active. I think that's something we could see right off the bat here. Like why not? Honestly, but uh, so this week it might just be too new that it, you know, but I, yeah. I would think definitely the next two weeks, I, I could see it. Yep. Is that so three weeks? Could they just straight up cut him before three weeks and then not bring him back on the practice squad? Or do they have to like legally keep him on for three weeks? He has to be on the roster for three weeks. They can't cut okay. him, waive him uh, for three weeks. After that, they can do whatever they want. They can waive him, try to get him to the practice squad. They could just outright release him, like trade him. I don't think they're going to do that, but like. It's just three weeks. They can't. They can't cut them. Yep. Because otherwise, like, if you knew, let's say the Patriots play in the Jets, and they knew that there's somebody on the Jets practice squad that the Jets are gonna, you know, that the Jets like to elevate or is gonna be part of the game plan, they could just cut sign that guy for the week so the Jets don't have him and then cut cut them. him, right? And they could essentially just save a roster spot to do that every week. So, I guess you could technically do that three weeks ahead of time. But it's a lot. You don't know what things are going to look like three weeks in advance. It doesn't yep. it's much less realistic. Yep. So those were, I believe, we hit on all the roster moves there. That was just a flurry of chaos right before we went live. But I think that's, I think that's at all of it. So we can transition transition over to the Jets because we have a pretty big game for the New England yep. Patriots here. Kind of, are you calling it a must win? I think it's, it kind of is a must win, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, they, yeah. If they're zero and three, and it's the Jets is the third loss and all that, it's going to get 
real ugly real quick. I wonder if you'd start seeing guys check out. Uh, they got it. This is the season. Yep. And it's looks like it's going to be an interesting one with the weather, which we could talk about. That's a tropical cyclone or something. That's what they're calling it. But yeah, I I don't know the, the Patriots and jets, like pretty similar teams, right? Like really good defenses, probably two of the top five defensive fronts in the league. Offensive lines are near the bottom of the league that they're struggling. Now, I think the big difference on the offensive line is the Jets unit is the Jets unit, right? It's what we've seen where the Patriots, you're hoping you get some of these guys back. Trent Brown has been limited with that concussion, but he's been back on the practice fields this week. You hope Cole Strange and Mike Unwinu, now you have a game under their belt, so they're better. We'll see what happens with the right tackle. I'm guessing it's still going to be Calvin Anderson, right? But you hope there's room for improvement here with the Patriots offensive line where the Jets, it's like, this is our starting five. They're healthy, but they're still just not performing well. So definitely an area where you think Patriots will try to capitalize there and get to Zach Wilson. And we all know the Zach Wilson story at this point, over four against the Patriots, but kind of seems like two similar teams and going to be one of these kind of low scoring games, especially if, if the weather has a big impact on it. It's going to be an absolute rock fight. I can't wait. It's going to be ugly, gross, sickos sickos football. football I'm, yeah. I'm very excited for this one. So is is that where like it's going to probably be decided in the trenches? Is that where you're looking first? Yeah, I, I think so, and and that's why this part of the sorry. I'm looking back to see if I had any former Will Greer tweets, and I found one where I called <laughs> Will Greer future Patriot in 2019. There you um, go. Yeah, I I think this game is. Uh, I, I, it's going to be who's able to run the ball. I think between the weather and just, I mean, the Jets have to run the ball. They're not going to throw it, but the Patriots are becoming a little one-dimensional as a passing team offensively. Who saw that one coming? But you're seeing defense. I like, there's been a lot of talk about them not running play action. I think part of the reason is because it's not going to do anything. I think one, they're petrified of the offensive line for Mac Jones to turn his back to the defense and then turn around and boom, rush right in front of him. But I think the other reason is like if I'm coaching against the Patriots, right? If I'm on the Jets coaching staff this week, I'm going to that meeting on Tuesday and saying to the linebackers, to the safety, to the corners, do not worry about any ball action. He goes to stick the ball in the in the running back's gut. Don't think twice about it. You stick to your coverage assignment because the front four should be able to handle it. Because that's what the Dolphins have done, and that's what the Eagles did. They stopped the run with four guys. It's not about like getting in the second level. Patriots can't get these runs into the second level right now. So as crazy as it sounds to say, the way to open up the Patriots game right now is to develop a downhill between the tackles rushing attack because you can break play action off of that. You're going to force uh, teams to stack the box more against something like that. You're going to get more one-on-ones on the outside. They've been terrible running the ball, Brian. They're averaging 2.3 yards per carry between the tackles. That number goes up to, I think it's 7.8, 7 point something uh, outside the tackle box when they're running some of these tosses, uh, sweeps, things like that. You, the answer isn't to just run sweeps because teams are going to sit on that all day, but they need to get some sort of push in the middle. It's going to be incredibly difficult to do against this defensive line, but they have to develop some sort of running game here, some sort of traditional running game. And I'll tell you where that starts. Go under center. Yeah. Because I, I don't know about you. This is just kind of a football uh philosophy thing with me i understand you need to do it occasionally so you don't become predictable and i understand there are concepts like rpos and read options 
But just the traditional shotgun handoff, shotgun gun sweep, shotgun draw, that kind of thing, I hate those plays, Brian. I really hate them because— Especially when you have two 220-plus pound Yes, yes. For this team especially— want to get downhill. Give the ball to the back with a head start. Yes. Right? And, again, you can't not run out of the shotgun, but get under center— Get Ezekiel Elliott, Ramondre Stevenson going. And then if you can get a hole for him up front, you get him into the second level. The thing about the way the Patriots are playing right now, they are trying to score by putting together these 13, 14, 15 play drives. It's not easy to do. Some people will tell you you can't do it. I think you can. I think you can be an effective offense that way. But a big part of that is, do you have running backs that can turn a two, three, four-yard carry into a five, six, seven yard carry at the second level, whether that be running through a linebacker, whether it be running around a linebacker. I think the Patriots backs can do that, but you got to get them to the second level for that to happen. David Andrews talked about it today. You can't have running backs getting hit in the backfield. At that point, you know, the play's dead on arrival, and that's not on the running back. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers. Get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call one 800 GAM one, two, three, four. Yeah. They're like, we're all for Bill O'Brien's like spread it out RPOs. We, we love that. But like the shotgun runs, they're built for players like Pierre Strong, right? Like these fast guys that can just move and Pierre Strong's a whole nother rabbit hole, but they got to get under center more. We heard Bill O'Brien on Tuesday, I believe it was. He's like, there's an imbalance of Mac Jones in the shotgun and under center, and we need to kind of fix that. Mac, out of his 96 pass attempts, which lead the league, uh, 92 of them have been in the shotgun. So get him under center, let these big backs get downhill and you know pick up ahead of steam, run the ball, and then try to hit some play action off that because you need more explosive plays, right? You right. mentioned all these drives. They're long, a lot of plays, just little gains. But, you know, one way to improve that is to hit some explosive plays. And if you don't have the playmakers on the outside and or if you have Demario Douglas and you're going to bench him, right, then you got to hit some – you got to scheme things open and play action is a big thing to do that. And then another thing with – if you want to run the ball, you can't fall down two scores within – five minutes, five, 10 right. minutes, right? Like that's just tie this all back together. But also, sorry to cut you off. You can 17, three in the second quarter. That game's not over. That's you should still true. be operating yeah. your whole playbook. So it, falling behind early doesn't help, but I think 
because they know they can't score that much. Yeah. Because they know it, they have to go into desperation time earlier. If they could hit some of these explosive plays, maybe they wouldn't feel that way. Yep. But yeah, I think that that's the big thing. And I, hearing Bill O'Brien say like, we know there's an imbalance and we want to kind of fix that. I'd expect to see Mac under center a lot more. Hopefully that, you know, on Winu and Strange, you know, having under a week under their belts, maybe a little healthier. Hopefully that like all of this just adds up and it leads to more improvement. But again, that Jets defensive front is one of the best in the league, if not the best. So it's going to be a challenge there. Yeah. Yep. But um, uh, where else was I going offensively? What I mean, just it's another one of these. We obviously know the Jets pretty well, right? But it's another one of these, you know, zone defenses. They're going to sit in a lot of zone, let you kind of take what's there. And I thought, just looking at like Dallas last week, that's what they kind of did. They put thirty points on them. It was a lot of field goals. They. Did they have a defensive score or score off a turnover? Uh, uh, I'm not exactly sure, but it was a lot of Dak. Just, I mean, his, his average depth of target was like four or five yards, right? It was, like it was five a lot yards, of, yeah. It was a lot of just this short stuff, taking what's there, and that's what we've kind of seen from the Patriots in the what past. Offense specializes the last few weeks, so I'd expect just some of more more of that. But then you know, you hope you could run the ball with that because. Uh, the Cowboys were able to hit a few explosive runs in there off, you know, building off screens, RPOs, lightening the box, things like that to help the run game going. Yeah, I, I know we've talked a lot about this offense needs to be more aggressive. They they need to push the ball more downfield. They need to try for bigger plays. Overall, that's true. Uh, this week, you can nickel and dime it. This yep. week is just about making less mistakes. That's all this is. It is about going in there, controlling the time of possession, capitalizing on turnovers, getting out like that, I think is how the Patriots want to win every game. I don't think you can win every game that way. You can and should win this game this way, that way. So we, we can kind of table all the, Hey, they need to throw the ball down the field. Oh, you know, this and that we can kind of table all that this week. This week's just about going in and taking care of business. Especially like with the, just the, like the jets defensive front, right? Like that's the right. big thing. Like, uh, they're first in the NFL in uh, pressure rate, 52% without sending a blitz. So that four-man front is is applying pressure 52% of the time. Mac has got you know the time to throw. He's third quickest in the league. So you'd expect another one of these, like get the ball out quick uh, and just take what's there. So you want to see Demario Douglas, right? Get the yards after catch. I know you were talking sure. down at Gillette of – Devontae Parker, maybe on, on DJ Reed, a smaller yeah. quarterback. So there might be spots where you can pick advantages and, and attack, but it might be another one of those slow, methodical move the ball down the field, especially if you know it's really windy and the conditions are bad. So a couple points there. We'll do actually we'll do tomorrow, Douglas second. Uh Devontae Parker. The I know people are down on him right now, but the the Jets play that old Seattle style of defense. So their corners don't travel. Sauce Gardner is going to be on the left. DJ Reed's going to be on the right. Th- that's not going to change unless you go to some weird like stack formation. That's not going to change. So you can have Devontae Parker on DJ Reed. Who Devontae Parker is 6'3". DJ Reed is 5'9". You can have that matchup whenever you want it. The Jets will give it to you. And this is what we saw them do all training camp. 
remember we kept talking about Devonte Parker's having this great day, and everybody's like, "Well, yeah, it's against like Jonathan Jones and Marcus Jones, and they're short." Well, that's kind of applicable here. I'm not saying throw the ball to Devonte Parker 20 times. Don't do that. But that matchup, third downs, red zone. If you throw the ball seven and a half feet in the air, Devonte Parker is going to be able to get to it. DJ Reed isn't. Period. And DJ Reed's a good player, but he doesn't have a 60 inch vertical. That's something they absolutely need to exploit. And I wanted them to do it last year. And on the first play of the game, they threw a quick slant to Devontae Parker and he caught the ball and he broke DJ. Cause it doesn't have to be separation either. It can be five, nine corner trying to tackle six, three receiver. Just get the ball Devontae Parker, let him beat him after the catch. First play of the game last year against the jets, quick slant to Devontae Parker makes the catch, breaks the tackle. Once you know it, he hurt himself. I forget if it was his foot or his ankle or knee or what. It was some ankle, sort of think, lower like body that, injury. Yeah. And then by the time the second game came around, because they played twice in four weeks last year, it was Jets, Colts by Jets. Um, He still wasn't 100%, and he was limited in that second game. He played a little bit, but not a ton. So I don't know if that was going to be a big part of their game plan last year or if it was just the first play, and I'm picking at straws, but... Give me that matchup. Again, not 20 targets, but 6-3 on 5-9. You should can't be, teach height. You should be 8-20, like Parker always right. likes to say. On Demario Douglas, he needs to play. If he doesn't play, I am and, and like one or two snaps doesn't count. I mean, a, you know, 35-40% usage rate minimum. Not just catching punts. Right. I'm going to be very concerned because they've done this. I thought, you know, Ramondre Stevenson brought up a great point this week because he was asked about it. His rookie year, he fumbled and he didn't play again for weeks. And the only reason he did get back in the lineup was because guys got hurt. They had no other choice. Hunter Henry told a similar story. He fumbled the game away his rookie year. And that sucks. I'm not going to sit here and tell you fumbles are good. That sucks. But the Chargers stuck with him. He's fumbled one since, and it was that stupid Fakakta fumble in the Vikings game last year that wasn't really a fumble. And the Chargers had every reason and, and asset to bench him. He, he was it was Antonio Gates. Yeah, <laughs> They very easily could have gone away from him, and they didn't. And the reason I bring those up is we have seen in the past Bill Belichick bury rookies, especially on offense, who make mistakes. Or a mistake. I shouldn't even say mistakes. A mistake. It's one thing to bury a guy if he's continually messing up. But this is one mistake. What if what if Damian Harris doesn't get hurt in 2021? And Ramondre never sees the field again. Are we sitting here listing him as one of their busts? If the Chargers decide Hunter Henry fumbled and he can't see the field again, he's not good enough. Well, they would have been so, uh, you know, Hunter Henry, they would have been wrong. Look at the player he's turned into because he learned a lesson from that. Ramondre Stevenson learned a lesson from his. You you have to give DeMario Douglas a chance because so many of these guys, some of it is because of mistakes in games. Some of it is for other reasons. So many of these rookies over the last few years just never play. And we assume they're busts and we write them off. And in the Patriot, from the Patriots standpoint, they're busts. You drafted a guy, he didn't become a contributor. He's a bust. But is it because he's a bad player or is it because they never gave him a chance? Rookies are going to make mistakes. It's going to happen when you manage the personnel, the way the Patriots have managed it last year, the last few years, you don't have the luxury 
of not having to deal with that. They need rookies and recent draft picks to make an impact. With that is going to come growing pains. They're just going to have to live with it. If DeMario Douglas isn't on the field, it, it, it signals to me that they're done with him. And if they're done with him, that to me is a mistake because this is a guy that gives them something they need. And it looks like he can do it. And I'm not going to say like an all pro level or a pro bowl level, but it looks like he can do it at an NFL level. And even if he can't, even if it turns out he can't, maybe they put him back out there and he fumbles again. I'd at least like to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'd at least like to know for sure whether or not he can be that guy. And, and if he fumbles next week, feel free to come at me. Oh, Bar Barth wanted him out there and he fumbled. Barth wanted him out there and he fumbled. Yeah, because I wanted to know. I didn't want another guy that just rides the bench for four years and disappears into obscurity. I was talking to somebody about this today. And I know this is going to rile people up. Juwan Williams was a bust. He was drafted in the second round and he barely played for them. And he, he didn't get a second contract. Are we sure Juwan Williams is a bad player? I know he's not a good player. But he played a little bit his rookie year. He wasn't terrible. And then we just kind of never saw him again. And it's part of the problem here, and I know I'm going on a bigger rant now than the game, but I think this is important. Guys like Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris last year, there's been a number of guys in the secondary. They draft these guys. They don't play them for two years. And then they get to their third year, and the guys are making rookie mistakes, and we look at it and we say, that guy sucks. He's in his third year. He's making rookie mistakes. Well, it's because it's essentially his rookie year because he never got a chance to play. You have to give these guys a chance to make mistakes and learn. You just do. And to bring it back, like I, 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 I don't even know that he's that crucial to this specific game plan. But as a vote of confidence, you got to get to Mario Douglas on the field on Sunday. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I mean, everything we've heard from the teammates, like they're all boosting him up. They seem to know he's important they're confident in him i don't know if you heard uh yesterday devin mccourty was on radio and they asked him about it and and he was he basically said like when ramondre fumbled they could turn to damian harris and james white right like they right. still had these guys they could turn to but his exact quote was you know now he, he said mccourty said he has to play and not just show up a little bit he needs to be out there because you need guys that put some fear in the defense and he's basically the only one right now that does that, right? So they right. need him out there, you know, for that. They can't afford to just bench him. You know, we don't know. Maybe he's putting the ball on the ground and practice a lot or it's something else. And then maybe you could see that. But they need that. Based on, so I would just say based on the way guys have talked about it this week, it I don't think that's yeah. the case. I don't, it, it, you know, they all kind of said, we know Pop's better than this. We believe in him, blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel like if he was fumbling the ball a lot in practice, you wouldn't have the the full throated defense you've gotten in the last few days yeah and bill o'brien's comments gave me some hope too where he's like he's had a you know awesome otas training camp off-season experience he's done a lot of really good things we like when he's in the game so that gives me some confidence that uh we'll be we'll be seeing pop but yeah you, you can't write it off completely but they they need him out there uh, and they need that skill set. And then, and by the way, this is a good point too. Just want to bring this up real quick. They played Tomario Douglas in the preseason more. He'd be more developed. Maybe that play happens to him in the preseason. And yeah. you know, and then this time around against the Dolphins, he's holding on to the ball. Or I'll I'll 
say too, um, their whole thing about September's an extension of the preseason. I find it pretty weird that they benched Douglas, but anyway. Yep. They let Zeke play through it because he's a veteran, but that's, yeah, that's the DeMario Douglas that we always, the rabbit hole we always have to get down. But uh, other offensive matchups for the Patriots that I think are, are going to be big. You mentioned, you know, Cole Strange against Quinn and Williams. He got benched last year against Quinn and Williams, right? That's yeah. when his slide kind of started and, I mean, I mean, Quinnen Williams is a, is a monster, so he's going to get his his share. He's going to win some reps, but you'd like to see Strange maybe hold, hold his ground a little bit better. It's unfortunate that you know he missed the last month in, in the first game, so he's working back into things. But that's going to be a big one. And then Calvin Anderson on the right side against wh- whoever the Jets put over there because they just have bodies on bodies. You know, Bryce Huff probably gonna see anderson the most he's one of those like speed rushers uche types he has uh, last year he had a 26 percent win rate and 22 and a half percent pressure rate which i believe were top in the nfl in both so he, he's a really good player and they're kind of like philly week one where you just go down the depth chart and they're all really good like they don't even play their first round edge rusher first round pick well, from this year because that was say what you want about that Panic that was a bad pick. pick. That was a bad yeah. pick. Let's let's just call that. Just call a spade a spade. They shouldn't have picked him. This was yeah. he was never going to play. We don't need to rehash that. Uh, it's not going to be perfect up front, but again, you just got to find a way to get a push. You talk about Cole Strange against Quinn and Williams. I, I have a feeling that David Andrews is going to need to help there. And we've talked about this before, right? You can help in one spot. So, with the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Too busy this fall to cook? Want to make sure you're eating well? With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back to crushing your goals. Looking for calorie-conscious options during the busy season? Try the delicious, dietitian approved Calorie Smart Meals with around uh, less than 550 calories per serving. This September, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash presspass50 and use code presspass50 to get 50% off. That's code presspass50 at factormeals.com slash presspass50 to get 50% off. Oh, and then we got to put the, uh, where's that thing? Do you have the thing we got to put it put up? Um... Yeah, I think this is it. Uh, FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. I think we got to leave that up for a little bit there. So uh, while that's up, big big spread tonight. 49ers, uh, the New York Giants in town, 10.5 Niners. Who who you like there? Um, I, I still like the Niners. I don't know. I feel like the Giants are better than they've been, but the Niners just seem to be rolling. Yeah, 10.5 is so, a lot of points for it a Thursday is a lot of game, though. Yeah. But, Maybe uh, the Giants keep it. Where is it again? In San Fran. 
Yeah, so, I don't. I did that nine cross country so flight good. too. Yeah. On a short week. That, that's a good point. But there's uh, some. I forget what the number is, but like road teams covering on Thursday night football is like an insanely low number. Yeah. But uh, if you like Christian McCaffrey, 50-plus rushing yards, and Debo Samuel, 50-plus receiving yards with Brandon Ayuk out, that is boosted to plus 200 over on FanDuel tonight. Oh, so I just noticed there's one that says no FanDuel. All right. Oh, nope, I don't think that one's right either. All right, I'm messing this whole thing up. <laughs> I noticed it said, uh, like, but, bet a Super Bowl winner. I remember that promo from before the season. I don't think uh, that was uh, it. All right, but head over to FanDuel there and check it out. Uh Mike, our good friend Mike's in the chat. We will get to that. Don't don't you worry. <laughs> but uh, let's let's hop over to the defense and it's Zach Wilson, 0-4 against the Patriots, two touchdowns, seven interceptions. You know, like a 50 passer rating, and his career starts there. Should be a win, right? It, it should be an easy win if you can. You have the game plan for him, right? Make it. He's the worst passer under pressure. You, you know. Get after him, make him force bad decisions, and stick Christian Gonzalez on the left side because the left side of your defense. Because that Zach Wilson, uh, what's the heat map or the passer chart, whatever one of those? I, I call it a heat map. Yeah, heat map w- was going around from his start against uh, Dallas last week, and like ninety percent of his throws went to the right side. So get after Zach Wilson and put Christian Gonzalez over there, and you, you might be set defensively. Yeah, that's I'm kind of in the same boat. I, the Jets don't always adjust to what the opponent's doing. Simply, I I don't think they think Zach Wilson can handle it. They'll yeah. kind of keep banging their head against the wall. So take away that right side, load the box, stop to run, and let Zach Wilson throw you a couple. I think it's I honestly think it's kind of that simple. <laughs> stop the run. That that'll be a, a big one because they kind of struggled against Miami, but again, like you're worrying about Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle so much, they can probably put more resources into stopping Dalvin Cook and, and Brees Hall this week. But yeah, th- they've had quite a few ways to get after Wilson in the past, right? Different pressure looks. Yeah. One, they did that, the QB spy last year was was a big thing with Mac Wilson, I believe. So maybe they do Wilson this year or Marte Mapu gets a role in that QB spy because you want him to scramble, but you still want him to throw the, the ball because he then he makes mistakes or throws incompletion. So maybe we see some of that QB spy back kind of, you know, force him one way and then still make him throw so he can't make plays with his legs. But, yeah, you, you kind of have the script there. It stops starts with stopping the run and then letting Zach Wilson do Zach Wilson things. Right, and I something I thought they did really well last year was instead of trying to, like, sack him, Cause you don't want to sack him. Cause then he can't throw you the pick. <laughs> you don't want to say that you don't want to sack him, but like what they did was kind of just corral him to the boundary. And basically it was either throw it away, step out of bounds or force something. And they were able to do it and they should be able to do it again this year. Cause the jets offensive line is probably in worse shape than the Patriots and just force it. He couldn't figure out how to throw the ball away last year. So I, yeah. that's what you do when they drop back to throw pick us. You probably do it to the left side. Cause he wants to throw to the right. Kind of like they did to Jalen Hurts. It's a little different, but like, remember we talked about with Jalen Hurts, you want to flush him out of the pocket one way so you have the spy running with him. Yep. It's a little bit like that, but a much worse quarterback. Flush him to the left and then just kind of close on him and just pin him to the sideline and then let him let him do what he does. 
That's like exactly the McCordy interception last year, right? Like these. That was like I think that was all three of Evan McCordy's interceptions last year. Yeah, I was just uh, unfortunately we don't have Zach Wilson interception props on FanDuel yet. Oh well, they they can't. Like, they got to stay in business, man. Yeah, that would that would just be too easy. But yeah, uh, the only team in the NFL with a worse pass block win rate than the Patriots is the Jets. So. Uh, they should be able to get after Wilson. I think he's getting pressured on, I wrote it down somewhere, uh, 53% of his dropbacks this year. He, he's getting pressured. So that that Jetso line is in rough shape too. So that's just do what you did last year. And then maybe they're, they're at the point where, you know, that second game against the Patriots last year where it was like, once you feel pressure, just throw it away and then he was like seven for 22 with like 80 yards and then you hold him to three points and then hopefully you can score more than three points and you don't need a marcus jones walk off but that that seems to be the kind of the book on zach wilson yeah it's pretty simple pretty cut and dry he's just not very good yeah yeah i don't know any any other the thing there defensively that that you have your eye on or patriot wise when he when he throws it to you, catch, catch it. it, catch it. That simple. Like we, I've said this against the Bills a lot recently. It's that same thing. When it when the ball comes your way, make sure you catch it. You know, it's it, it's not as as similar with other teams because you might not get as many, but like you got to pick the ball off. Yeah, maybe Lawrence Guy can get his. He's been jealous of yeah, Christian he, Gonzalez. He's, he's really upset that Christian Gonzalez is getting all the stats. I know. Maybe. Uh... With the offensive line and, and Zach Wilson, maybe Lawrence Guy can catch up in, in the stat sheet there, yeah. sack and interception. That'd be <laughs> that'd be something. Yeah. But um, yeah, that that's about it defensively, right? It's we know the Zach Wilson story by now, but yeah, will be a big special teams game. And are you expecting maybe another one of these? wrinkles with the field goal block i know it, it they probably had a, a head up there with, with jake bailey but i don't know are you expecting something there or even that look to kind of just throw the kicker off who greg zerline was on it's greg zerline right yeah yeah jets kicker he was been on the injury report this week with a groin injury so that's also something to kind of monitor there if the jets will even be kicking in this game so i think I think they'll run that look again and they don't need a block kicks for it to be effective we, we talked about this on Monday Brian Jason Saunders missed the second kick because he's looking at Brandon Schooler from flying off the edge Patriots aren't going to have as good of a tell on the Jets but they still might be able to find a tell but here's what I wonder really between this Patriots field goal block play between Greg Zerline being hurt and between the weather I wonder if this is one of those games where the Jets just don't kick field goals. Where go for it they're going the for it on fourth down. They're going for two-point conversions. They know they need as many points as they can get anyway. They know this offense needs every help it can get. I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets don't, unless like, you know, end of the half, one second left or at the 45-yard line, right? But I would not be surprised if the Jets do some weird stuff in terms of bypassing field goals and extra points in this game. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. Yeah, no, I, I could definitely... Definitely see that. I mean, I'm guessing I haven't looked at their practice squad, but I'm guessing they don't have a, a kicker on their practice squad. I could try and double check that quick. But if they do, the Patriots should assign him today. Yeah, true. 
Let me look. I'll, I'll take a look. I'll take a look. You can All finish right, your but, point. Uh, yeah, it, it'll. That that's a good point. That if they try to get aggressive like that, but with with the whole schooler thing, um. By the way, they uh, do have Austin Siebert. Okay, so they do have a kicker. Who's like? Is he bad? No, he's yeah, not. Um, I don't know, but uh, AJ kind of got into my point here. Won't won't they just work on hard count for field goals to draw offsides? It will be interesting because I think we all assume that special teams coaches are going to try to put that schooler play in into their yeah. their their playbook there. But it will be interesting to see how the other side tries to you know negate it or, or respond and. Hard counts could be one. I'm guessing. I think when it was like it was a long fourth down, right? So you don't risk yeah. that five yards and the automatic first down. But if they put them out there, it'll be interesting to see if maybe the Jets already have been working on that. If they have some type of just some type of way or, or play or formation there on their field goal block where they kind of try to negate that and say to their kicker, like, don't even worry about that guy rushing off the edge. Like, we got it covered. I, to me, so on the offsides thing, one, it, you're right. Uh, you're right. If it's less than five yards, it's not going to matter. Two, if you watch Schooler do it, and this is where like it's not an easy play, he doesn't turn up field. Like if the ball's not snapped in time, he probably just runs in and stands at the end of the line. Yeah, he turns in as soon as the ball is snapped. So part of that is having it timed up. But if they hard count, you should be able to like get back as long as you don't hit anybody and he's not going to hit anybody. Cause he doesn't want to be touching anybody. I don't think it, some guys are going to jump off sides, but it's not guaranteed. I almost wonder if you're going to see the team line somebody up outside the formation, almost like a gunner, like the field goal block. Right? No, okay. no. The field goal unit. Okay. Yep. Yep. Line somebody outside with a gunner. And if that guy starts moving, you motion that gunner in with him. Because that's a mechanic that's used on punts. You don't really see it used on field goals because, again, nobody's ever lining up outside the box. But if I'm the Jets and I see Brandon School lined up out at the number, I, I think it's called the vice, whatever, the end yep, vice. guy on the field goal, right? I'm taking him and saying, you're just going to line up wherever Brandon Schooler lines up. And if he starts moving in, you motion in with him. That would be how I counter it. Now, the thing about that and in, in, in the counter there is you thin out in the middle. And I think, so to play this forward a couple steps, you Patriots have a guy out wide. Jets are going to counter by moving somebody out there. If I'm the Patriots, I then bring somebody on the other side. And I start doing it on both sides. And now, all right, now they have two guys out wide. Now it's thinner in the middle. Now you try to come up the middle to block the kick. That is, if I'm like playing chess with myself back and forth, I wonder if that's how it plays out. This is going to be awesome just to see how teams Oh, this is going to be such a fun storyline this year. I yeah. can't wait for this. This might be our most interesting thing to follow all year now. But <laughs> yeah. No, this uh, show I, I... will be on every single development of this. On all those, all the special. I wonder how many other teams will. Tink, I mean, uh, like, if you're a special teams coach, like, you have to look at that and say, like, we're installing this now. If we can get a tell on the other team, but yeah, it, it'll be fascinating to see how many other teams break this out. How how teams counter? I mean, I think Adrian Phillips said the other day, like, 
kind of cool to be a part of something that might change the game here right and that absolutely absolutely could happen so that'll be that'll be fun to see and then and a game that that should be kind of a rock fight here punting kicking Behringer Ryland should be have big roles we mentioned that tropical cyclone or whatever I just pulled up the East Rutherford forecast for Sunday they're saying 10 to 20 mile an hour winds and rainfall around like a quarter of an inch. So looks like it's going to be heavy rain for out with, with some good size wind gusts there. So that'll be, I mean, it's two big 10 guys who have kicked in the weather before, but I mean, who knows what a tropical cyclone will, will bring and how much I doubt they have much experience kicking in one of those. So that'll be worth, worth monitoring and keeping tabs on too as well. Yeah. That's going to, the weather's going to play a role in this game for sure. Yep. A lot of a lot of balls on the run game, balls on the ground will we'll be will be a slugfest. We could be looking at three three again uh, in late in the fourth quarter. But uh, any other little notes or details you might have had, or you can predictions if you want to get into that. Besides, just it's going to be a going to be a rock fight. Rock fight. Um. No, I just low scoring game. I think the Patriots win. I think Zach Wilson makes too many mistakes, but I think it's gonna be a low scoring game. Yep. I wanted well, we... to I wanted yeah, to bank ahead. on the I mean, who traded the Patriots the pick for Chad Ryland? Do you remember? Was it the Jets? It was the Jets. So interesting. I was going Chad Ryland game winner this week. Big game for him, but uh now we have this weather, so I don't know how I should feel about that. But I I'll stick to it. I'll say a uh Patriots win by three. Uh, Chad Ryland game winner, which, and you know, we'll, we'll kind of see see off that. All right. I do want to get in a quick college football minute yeah, here too. Absolutely, if you're good on the Pats because this week's slate rules. So I want to run through some games with you, Brian. Here, tell me. Yeah, what you let's think. do it. Old Miss Alabama. Uh, I kind of just like the Bama is wash storyline and kind of want to roll. Washed. Kind of want want to roll with Ole Miss. I hate Lane Kiffin. I really don't like Lane Kiffin, but it is going to be chaos in Tuscaloosa if Ole Miss wins that game. That's in Alabama? Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So that would make it even better than if Ole Miss wins that game. So I'll go Ole Miss. We got Florida State Clemson. Clemson's like beat up on two bad teams since they lost to Duke. So everybody's like, oh, it's a hiccup. Clemson's back. They're going to get stomped by Florida State this week. Can't wait for yep. that. Florida State. Uh, yeah, Florida State. Uh, Colorado, Oregon. It sucks Travis Hunter's not playing. I, I worry about what Colorado's going to look like without Travis Hunter. And I know they they beat Colorado State last week without him, but barely. And that Colorado State team's not good. Just, like, straight up, they're not very good. So They had some they had some dogs offensively, though. They That's... had some dogs. Love the mentality they played with. But, I mean, Oregon's yeah. uh, eons more talented. So yeah. that one could get rough. Do you Utah... Take... Do you take Colorado with the points though? They're plus twenty one on fans. I didn't. I was so I was having a conversation with friends this week. I'm not touching that one because I think that's right around what it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be somewhere from like a seventeen to twenty four point game. So they got that number right. I'll say yeah. that. Uh, UCLA Utah, interesting game in the Pac twelve. Probably go Utah. Uh, Arkansas LSU. I can't wait to see KJ Jefferson against that good defense. I sneaky like KJ Jefferson. I do. Your guy KJ Jefferson. Yeah. Uh, where's that game? That is at in Death Valley at night. Yeah, that'll probably go LSU. I'll right? tell you this: if if Arkansas it's is even close, plus they put up points. 
Sorry, what are you going to say? Uh, Arkansas is plus 17 and a half on FanDuel. Yeah, I if Arkansas can keep that close, the, the KJ Jefferson agenda kicks into gear. Um, we got the Big Ten games, uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State. I, I think Notre Dame gets – this is about the time of the year Notre Dame usually yeah. gets exposed. They've had their, um, like, three wins, three easy yeah. wins. They get their top ten hype up, and then they just get, you know, run over by Ohio State. That Iowa Penn State could potentially be hilarious. D- yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you, do you have a thought on that one. Mm, not really. Just besides always watching the Iowa point tracker. So I, he's like, a, he's ahead of schedule now. Yeah. It's now 24 points per game because he screwed me on my that... bet last week and put up 41 <laughs> on Western Michigan. Didn't he go for it on like fourth down or something when the game was like over to get the extra points or something? Oh, yeah. It was nonsense. It was complete yeah. nonsense. Um. We've got what I am calling the Pac-12 championship between Washington State and Oregon State this week. Both ranked. So shout out to them for that. I think Oregon State wins. I like DJ Uyungle. I think he's much more comfortable in that system. But that game should get a lot of eyeballs considering both teams stayed. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go Oregon State there. There's one more game I want to pull up here. I got to find it. My game of the week. I, I am going to be locked in on this game, Brian. And Sam that Houston game State? is no, it is Oklahoma State versus Iowa State. And I, I will tell you why. Find the low over under. <laughs> the lowest total for that game. The, the total for that game is the lowest of the week. I believe it's the lowest of the year so far. Is 35 and a half. And that's actually up. I think it was 34 at the start of the week. It, FanDuel has it up to 36 and a half now. Too so high. Too high. No, keep steam. it low. Keep it low. <laughs> I want it low. But anyway, that's uh that game's going to be ridiculous. I can't wait for it. Both those teams are terrible this year. That's 36 and a half for a college is wild. That's that's like 20 to 16 is like as that game can max out at like 20 to 16 or like it's 21. No, 21, 17 would be over. Be over. Yeah. Yeah. 2016 is like the most realistic football score you can do with that. So Right where the Pats Jets are this week, thirty six. Right, enough. but but so. thirty six points, and that's low. But thirty six points in an NFL game and thirty six points in a college game are two different things. Big big difference. Yep. But that, that's all my college football thoughts for the week. Yep, should be an awesome awesome slate this week. Yeah. Will be will be a good uh, warm up for for the Patriots on Sunday, where they are in New Jersey for a week three must win game to avoid going zero and three and. Good thing it's against Zach Wilson and the Jets. But uh, I believe that'll do it for our preview today. We will be back on Monday to break down the game, of course. But until then, you can follow Alex on Twitter, at RealAlexBarth, and go read all his Week 3 coverage over at 985thesportshub.com. You can follow me on Twitter at IamBrianHines and go read all my Patriots coverage for this week over at PatsPulpit.com. Thank you all, as always, for tuning in, and we will see you guys next week. Ever wish you could navigate the betting field with the confidence of a pro? Enter Odds Are. They're not a sports book, but they're the sports betting advisor you've always needed. It's like having a playbook for smarter bets right in your pocket. I've been absolutely loving the experience, and I think you will too. Especially since Patriots Press Pass listeners get a 30-day free trial. Elevate your game day and join the smart betting revolution. Go get it at oddsr.com slash press pass. That's oddsr.com slash press pass.